the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, welcome to the Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. This is actually, actually the sixth year anniversary show. That's right, surprise to you. Surprises me all the time. (laughs) Six years of successful radio here in Southern California on AM590, and we are very, very glad to be doing this, and actually had a lot of fun. So uh, this show, I have two special guests joining me. I have Tom Reese. Tom's the owner of Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, a longtime sponsor, friend. We've gone on, what, three or four hunting trips together? Yeah. yeah. Uh, had a great time. And I tell you, folks, if you think you're a fast pistol shooter, come on down to Riverside Indoor Shooting Range because he's got some special shooting course competitions. Yeah, absolutely. Challenges. Challenges. You think you can beat Big Tom? Come on down. That's right. Hey, what's what's what do they get if they beat you? Oh, we have coins, and you get your name up on the board that everybody says it's my name's the only one on it because I'm the only one that can reach it. But yeah, you come on down, you get your name so all of our everybody sees, and that could be a, a point there. Name on the board, recognition, and what's the, what's the dollar prize? What do you get? Five hundred bucks to beat you? Whoa. Okay, well I have to step up my game a little bit now. <laughs> Gonna get some of those professionals coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, we went. To, well, you know what? I <laughs> we, had, you. we had Bob Vogel down, and uh, a lot of our uh, customers, employees, and staff and stuff. Um, a lot of you guys don't know Bob Vogel. He's one of the world champion shooters out there. That dude can pull off uh, control pairs a half inch at twenty five yards in less than a second. The guy is just amazing. Oh my! But God. he comes down. He teaches a class at our at our range. He comes down again in February. Uh, but everybody's like, take his name off the board, take his name off the board. And lucky to me, he didn't have much time before he had to catch his flight out. So he managed to take my name off one of the boards and gave me a challenge for the year to take my name, put my name back on that board. So which, which one did he do? Uh, he did the, uh, it's a, uh, control pair at, uh, 15 yards, uh, mag, mag change and then a pair to the head. And he did it in like 2.2 seconds. What was your time? Uh, mine was two point six. You slacker. Yeah. So I have, and, and that 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 forty tenths that tenths of a second is really hard to to make up. So I'm pushing it. Yeah. I mean, if your time is fifteen seconds, like mine, going to ten seconds isn't that big a deal. That's right. right. Oh. That's right. You know, hey. <laughs> but when you're on that slim of margin, that's really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a girlfriend when he's gonna come back down there to try it. Everybody knows what a failure drill is. Mm-hmm. Two body, one to the head. I just broke my record of 1.2 to 0.96 tenths of a second oh from gosh. the holster, two to the body, one to the head, in less than a second. Wow. So he's, he knows when he's come down his, his challenge on the board. So, uh, you know, uh, well, I'll introduce my second guest here in a second. <laughs> I know, sorry but, about that. Um, 
well, I had the guys, the cowboy fast draw in, okay? Now, they've changed the rules. So cowboy fast draw is your hands on the gun, which yours isn't, right? No. Hands on the gun, light goes off, they have to draw, single action, pull the hammer back, and fire. And they're looking five-tenths to seven-tenths for one shot with a hit. And what are you doing again? I did two to the body, one to the head, and point nine. Hand, hands by your ears to start. Uh, mine, actually, mine were at the low ready. Low ready, okay. Just relaxed. Wow. Off the gun. That's amazing. I could have used that the other day. We had a guy burglarizing the house next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I got it all on video on my, from my house. My camera was down my driveway and got this, gets this guy getting out of his car, running the house, burglarizing our neighbor, and they just left for like an hour to go to the store or something. And I'm in my backyard in my shop. <sighs> Could have used the nine second uh, or uh, point nine. Yeah, yeah. You could have used my fifteen seconds. You had enough time, <laughs> folks. That's the, the voice you just heard. There is Kevin Gross. Kevin Gross is a retired uh, pitcher. He's are you Hall of Fame yet? Uh, I have be. my name in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame for throwing a no hitter in '92. But uh, yeah, long time. Got got to play for seventeen years. So. That's fantastic. Uh, obviously. We only bring professional quality here, except for the host uh, to Firing Line Radio Show. Uh, Kevin has actually been a, a long, lifelong hunter and yes. rifleman and actually had a television show for quite a while. Yep. We had a show back in the... I started in the 90s and... Well, probably late 90s and ran till like 2010 called Hunting with the Pros and had a good time. Got to go a lot of great places and hunt a lot of cool animals and... Faded out of it at, in 2010, but uh, had a really good experience, met a lot of people, and got to go to a lot of really nice places. That sounds fantastic. As a matter of fact, those of you who are playing along at home and can't quite see what's going on in here, Kevin is sporting a uh, tuna tattoo. Now, what does that mean? It means he just spent too much time in the sun chasing tuna yesterday, and the end of his nose is red as, as Rudolph. Yeah, my wife gives me a lot of stuff for that because she's always, put the sunscreen on. Cause I, I got into bass fishing about seven years ago, and... I hate sunscreen. I hate to put it on. I put it on actually with one finger because I don't want to touch it. But uh, so she gives me a lot of slack all the time. So she called me a raccoon the other day or something. So very good. Well, guys, thank you for joining me on this show. We're going to talk a lot about uh, some of our recent adventures, some of our potential adventures that we want to have going on. Um, the last time that you were here, Kevin, I think it was late summer, just before hunting season last yeah, year. Yeah, we talked about some hunting and maybe Mexico and stuff. So, yeah. So, why don't you fill us in a little bit? You did get to go back to Mexico last year on, on Mule Deer Hunt, you and your uncle. Yes, I, 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 I've I, got an uncle that lives up in Salt Lake. We've been going to Mexico for years, and we we talked about several places we wanted to try this year. We ended up going to a ranch, uh, the Chaparral, which is just out of Hermosillo, out of there. Pretty, in pretty famous place. Very famous. Uh, big, big property. They've got hundreds of thousand acres they have high fence area they got low fence area but the the breeding program they've produced there is just unmatchable i mean just the quality of deer there is unreal so and actually i follow them on instagram i see all these these uh, drool pictures that they send out all the time what's the process like to go to mexico well i i you know i think word of mouth is one of the main things to start like you you, you meet somebody that has been going there uh, has some good quality outfitters to make sure you're there safely and get your gun permits. Um, you know, basically, if you get with the right people, they take care of your gun permits. They pick you up at the airport. They take you to a safe location on a ranch, and you get to do some serious hunting directly back to the airport. And most guys are really good at processing your animals, getting your horns home. And uh, you do have to know, you know, the custom rules and regulations to get your animals home, which is a very, very important part of it. One of the things that happened this last year is we used to be able to fly out of LAX to Hermosillo. 
Now the only flights are out of Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. That's where I go through. Mm-hmm. You have to, right? It's yeah. actually easier, if you ask me. Well, one of the things is everybody across the country who's going to be hunting in Mexico is flying out of that Phoenix airport. So it was like a camouflage convention uh, <laughs> when I was there. And and so that it's kind of fun. You're talking with guys. And obviously, everybody on the plane going down, there's a hunter checking in. Now you have like 60 firearms to process. So it takes right. a little bit longer than, than it used to on an individual flight. But um, coming back... So we had 60 guys getting reprocessed into the United States. Oh, yeah. And that, you know... Especially in January, right? Exactly. That's when everybody's down there. So 90, 60, you know, everybody on the plane, I think there was only two women on the entire plane. Mm. Everything else was like sweaty uh, old guys. Um, (laughs) Yeah. One thing to know about going through Phoenix, if you're out there and you're going to go down to Mexico, is make sure you have enough time. Because when you have a firearm... You can't drop it into the luggage for your nope. connecting flight. You have to take it upstairs, run through the process of uh, checking it in again, and then they go through to say and open up your gun case, which makes absolutely no sense because you're just coming off the flight. But it is what it is. Make sure you have about two hours in between flights, and you'll be all good and get it done. Yeah, and, and actually, I mean, we flew out of San Diego. I flew with uh, Chad Carlson, so we went down there and hunted this year. Um, we flew out of San Diego, and uh, it's kind of wild. I mean, there's like, okay, you're fine. They have our guns in a pile right there in the lobby. And we'll take mm. care of them. I'm like, exactly. I said, no, I'll, I'll walk with you. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get somebody over here. Because the last thing you want to do is land out there and your gun's not. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a crazy thing if you ask me. You go, you, you pick up your gun and your luggage. You drop your luggage, but you got to take your gun through a congested airport all the way back to the desk. And you got a firearm. With possible ammunition in your case, if you know, if, I mean, we do separate it usually, but well, and ammunition makes in the no case. sense. So, so one person will say, "Put the ammunition in the case." We're in line, and they had one of our guys put the ammunition in the case. The next one said, "No, it has to be in your backpack, right, or your luggage." <laughs> it's like, it has to go underneath the plane. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? It's all underneath the plane, right? Yeah, but. Just be prepared to have enough time. <laughs> yeah. You know, bring, bring some extra money to tip the guys because you need to get this thing processed pretty quickly. But that that's kind of a thing that uh, people worry about. It can be done. And when you land in Mexico, dude, it's Mexico. Okay? That's not a racist statement. That's a factual statement. Things don't run smooth. Mm-hmm. So, not always. So just... Go with you the know flow. What? Exactly, man. Just go in there, get a margarita, get a beer, sit down, relax, because it's going to be a while. And concentrate on hunting a big animal, and you have an opportunity to kill a world-class Absolutely. mule deer or coos deer. Yeah, and, and so if you if you could only do one hunt for a trophy mule deer buck, mm-hmm. Mexico is the place. Now, you could spend a lot of money in Colorado or someplace, but if you want the opportunity to shoot a 180-inch buck or better almost on every single trip, mm-hmm. this is where you really need to take a look at. Yeah, Do your homework. Uh, find some guys that have some reputable outfitters, and you'll be fine. Yep. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. This is the anniversary show, guys. So, hey, happy anniversary to me. Yeah, happy and anniversary, yeah, Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. You know, I, you know what our logo is on this show? Less thunder in the mouth, more lightning in the hand. How do you like that one? So we'll be right back here at Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Hey, Tom, thanks for singing that for me, man. You're, yeah, you're, no you're pretty darn good. I didn't know you can get that high. Yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> you know, every week, folks, on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights that are afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful stalwart companion in that battle to uphold these rights has been Vincenzo Torolini, Vince Torres at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. And if you're not armed for protection or recreation, then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammos, accessories, and much more. After you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that's going to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, attitudes essential for the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about their certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211, or visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes, because at Bullseye Sports, Guns and Ammo... They believe in safety verse. Vince is a safety guy. 951-823-0211. Should be number two on your speed dial already right after your wife. Give him a call. Actually, <laughs> you know, I was just, was just getting a hold of him. He's got a bunch of reloading stuff coming in and uh, made a giant powder order. So if you are having a hard time finding powder at like the big fish store on the 15, I swear they have like two cans of something nobody ever uses, or other stores that simply aren't carrying it, get a hold of Vince, tell him what you need, a special order for you, because it's going to have a giant powder order coming in, and that's the time to do it. Very good. Okay, folks, this is Philip Name with Tom Reese and Kevin Gross. Uh, We just talked with Kevin a little bit about hunting in Mexico, which is... It's not an easy place to hunt because it's an expensive place to hunt, 
But I mean, if this is, I want to just talk about this. If you, one of your goals is to have a giant mule deer or the opportunity for a giant mule deer. Yes, it's expensive, but what's what's more expensive? Spending three, four, five thousand a year and not getting what you want for three or four or five years or or taking that opportunity. So maybe it's something you save up for. It's not for everybody, but if that's your goal, it, it is attainable. You know, it took me into my fifties before I got out there. But yeah. but it is an attainable thing and uh it's it's quite a quite an event out there. Beautiful beautiful high desert country or low desert i guess it is but it's just beautiful desert country like we're not used to and uh awesome people it's definitely different and you know there's a few ways to kill a big deer i think and one is you got to be super wealthy and you buy governor's tags yeah or you're a longevity you know put in for draws for special special units 17 17 draw points for california baby i can't get drawn for nothing in my own state 17 points isn't that crazy and that you know that's what that's what's so frustrating too and then you know these tags have got ridiculously out of priced and yep. the guys that are buying these tags we can't even compete with you know if you did have 10 or 20 grand and you wanted to buy a special tag somewhere the Arizona strip Nevada Colorado in one of these trophy units uh you can't even do it the the normal guy that works his butt off wants to spend 10 or 20 grand on a tag go to an auction try to buy a tag can't even do it anymore so Mexico is a choice guys you know, talk to your buddies, talk to Philip, and there's great ranches, there's great outfitters. I've been going there for at least 25 years. I've taken my son when he was 11 years old, started shooting coos deer and mule deer down there. Um, we've never had an issue, ever. We've had some luggage problems once in a while, but uh, just I, had a blast. My first time I had a luggage problem, flying out of LAX. Now, when you fly, you know, at... At the American airports, you drop your stuff off, you leave. In Mexico, you're on a smaller plane. You get off next to your luggage, right? You physically walk with it as it's coming on the conveyor belt. You see it the entire time. I used five locks on a gun case. I had four TSA locks and one cable lock that was not a TSA lock. Four TSA locks were gone before it landed in Mexico. Hmm. The crooks are in L.A. That was interesting. <laughs> They're not in Mexico. They're in L.A. Once well, that Four master locks. key fits every lock. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, yeah, and that's the other thing is if you're going to use TSA locks, use one of your own also. Get that big old master on there just to mess with them. By the way, the bird hunting is very well down there, too. The oh, dove shooting. And you don't have oh. to go all the way to Argentina. You no. know, the duck hunting, if you get with the right guy, can be, you know, unbelievable amount of ducks and and then i just came back from bass fishing there last week and the bass fishing's ultimate it's the best it's a great outdoors and, and when in hermosillo we stay at the fiesta americana mm-hmm. which is like same place i stay awesome got a great restaurant right there you don't have to travel through the town i mean you're really well protected there so it's safety i think is not as big a factor as some parts of mexico sure but and you have your rifle or we just take <laughs> take tom with us and we'll have to worry <laughs> Stand behind me, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. God knows well, there's plenty of room back there. Well, <laughs> well, the good thing is I could stand behind one leg. He could stand behind one leg. <laughs> Say hello to my little friends. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hey, so you know one of the one of the other good things about hunting, uh, we had some great adventures. Tom has just recently joined us on a in June. I think it was June 28th or something. Yeah, we just got back from Paso Robles. Oh, fun! So we got to go up there, and this was a little bit different from some of the other pig hunting. Way different, way different. I mean, 
it's it's hard to explain that that one we went on last year was was amazing was feat. Different. It was yeah. way different. It was an amazing feat in itself. How well the group did uh, for what we came across, you might say, last year. Yes, yeah. So last year we went with an outfitter. Um, I'm going to mention his name so you can remember not to hunt with him. His name was Nesson Schmidt out of uh, oh, King City. Yes, yeah, see, see, here he knows. Go. I know that name very well. This guy was three sheets to the wind and abusive and terrible and pretty much dang near ruined the trip. And he's been doing it forever. He has. And we've been going. He's got vodka bottles to prove for it. Yeah, he does. He's got a shed. (laughs) Every shed, every closet is full of empty bottles. Gallon bottles. Yeah. Check him off, people. Check him off. Don't go there. We've been going there for years and kind of putting up with it. But that last trip was over the top. It It was ridiculous. It put a nasty taste in the mouth for a lot of people. Everybody. Yeah. So over the last five years, I've taken 85 people there. Mm. Guess what? He's cut off. So no. Move on. Do not go there. We're moving on. Uh, We hunted with uh, J.D. Escobar earlier this year. I really enjoyed him. You can find him on his Instagram, J.D. underscore Escobar. Okay. This particular hunt we hunted with uh, with Tom was with 2M hunting. Yes. And that's because this guy's name is Matthew Moore or something, so there's your 2Ms. So 2M hunting out of Paso Robles, and I tell you, it's really nice staying and hunting 10 minutes away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Absolutely. makes a big difference. Nice guys. Uh, just just catered to everything we needed. They're right there. Filled out our paperwork. His man just get in the cars, jumped in the cars and took off. And and you didn't, you weren't wearing Crocs this time. No, so yeah, so just to fill you on last year, <laughs> last so the year before that we went, and uh, I remember the first night we get there, we're going out at four or five in the morning, and so everybody's dazzed up in their camos and ready to go, and we went out that night, and I think we saw one pig. I think we even tried to shoot at that pig trying to go over mountain and didn't hit it. So scouting that first night was nothing, and I'm thinking. Okay, so we're going back to the same place. So that first night's going to be nothing. I'm not getting camel. I was in shorts and tank top and Crocs on it. And man, we hit this corner and we broke our rifles just in case. And Love man, it. we get out. We hit this one thing. It was. You ever lift that that piece of plywood in a barn? You lift it up and the rats just scatter. Man, we stopped off on this one road and there's probably about probably eleven of us on this one road. And this guy's living. We just got into this property. Yeah, just into this property. And we had some you know, some car trucks on this side. And there was 11 of us all around this bush. And he sends the dog in. The dog comes back out. And next thing the dog goes back in. And it was like lifting that plywood. There was 14 of these big pigs just scattered like it was nothing. And then all of a sudden it was boom, 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 boom. And it was quiet. <laughs> out of all those pigs, we got 11 of those. Everyone got a nice. Oh, that's which a, is which is really odd because most you know we got people that go bang 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 <laughs> and the pig's still running, but so anyway so this year uh, I did not wear Crocs I did not have shorts I had my honey girl and I was ready and thank goodness because I got it a uh, first pig on the first first day. Nice. Yeah. So one of the one of the differences about this particular uh, ranch is it's more of the bedding ranch. So, so you know. The country's open up there, and you have some hills that are just grassland, and they go on forever, and others are totally shrubbed up. And this one was kind of had oak trees and mostly open area, and so uh, it was very heavily bedded. The pigs would actually have these caves that they built underneath the side of the shade hill, uh, Mm. under deadfalls and stuff like that. Mm, And so, you know, there were so many pigs in the area that was kind of what we did is went 
round around. We'll, we'll let you tell you about your hunt when we come back. And I see I'm, I'm running a little bit low on time. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our Facebook page. On the Facebook page, click the little blue thing that says Visit Group. You have to do that because Facebook has changed their algorithms and you won't see the things that we post. All my giveaways, all the fun stuff is on our group page. We have a new Firing Line Radio Show group page. You have to click that and join the group. Then you can get all the good stuff. What's the good stuff? Cutting edge bullets, mag light flashlights, cases. cases. Yeah, the SKB case. I'm yeah. still trying to give that sucker away. So, folks, join the group, and we'll see you back right after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. That's right, folks. Mulan Lave Saturday, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with Tom Reese, Kevin Gross, the anniversary show. Tom, you didn't sing Happy Anniversary. There you go. That's all you get. But it's, it's that's imperial butter or something that's like right. that. That's right. It's your anniversary. <laughs> that is the butter, wasn't it? You didn't even bake me a cake. Can't believe that. Uh, hey, um, let's finish up the story here. So we're in Paso Robles. It was only I think 104. Uh, maybe in the shade. <laughs> it's, it, it seemed like it was hotter than the cars, even with the air conditioner. Oh, did I say that? We we're in a car air conditioner. Jeez. <laughs> No, driving across these hills, man, and like Phil was saying, it's a different kind of hunting out there versus the year before we were getting the pigs coming back from grazing and eating that night, and they were coming down these hills in packs of 40 and 50 just hauling butt, so you're hitting these pigs on the move. Now we're getting them uh, in their bedding where they're at during during the daytime and just getting ready to head out, and it was nice. These guys are, uh, I didn't even see the pigs, and he stops. there's one back there, and I'm like, Man, here you are looking. These guys just know where they're looking, and they can mm-hmm. tell. And nice. we ended up going down this one long road. and says, "Get Tom ready," and he turned me around and came back. And he says, "Well, it's down this hill." I said, "There's no way I can walk down that hill," you know. And he goes, <laughs> "Don't walk, just shoot." I'm like, "Well, that makes sense." So uh, he pulls me back over there, and we see the pig, and it was this big black and white one. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" So I bring my rifle up, just getting ready to shoot him as it turns on this taken up out of this crest, this valley. It turns, so all I have is a back shot. I'm thinking, well, I have to. So I take, I try to move my head, my back shot to just between the shoulder blades up by the neck, so I didn't ruin any of my back meat, and it cut right in front of a tree, so it was gone. And I was like, oh, bummer, you know. And he goes, no, 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 one more, one more. And I looked down here was this big um, tan one, 
that was taken off really too. Really neat color. Yeah, it was like a flat dark earth. I mean, um, literally, if you put it in a field with burnt we did. With, we took a picture with alfalfa. I have a picture of it with burnt, you know, weeds. It's just it's gone. Mm. It really was a perfect, perfect match. But the contrast in the color was down there, and she saw it in a split second. Took the shot and uh, got it right between the eyes. Oh, nice! Now, it wasn't, it it wasn't little, perfect. It was, it was a little, little to, to the, the right. Left, yeah, a little to the right. Yeah, it was not perfect. But no, no meat was harmed in the shooting of this there pig. You go. <laughs> the pig was from this side to that side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, so uh, the other pig came across, and one of the other guys got it, uh, which was a big. A big black and white pig, so they they collected that one, and then um, we had two guys on their first hunt. Yes, ever. Well, plus your friend. Yeah, he had never three. been on hunt. Three of them. Yeah. Oh wow, that's so great. Three guys that had never hunted, and uh, the first guy got his. That was a pretty big pig, and then I think your friend was the next one. Yeah, and he got a nice little pig. It was a little nice little pig. You know, really some good meat, but I'll tell you, just seeing the smile on that guy's face. Yeah. And I still hear about it today. It, it's what it's all about, man. Sure. Is getting out and doing something like that. It's not just owning a gun, but you know, you think about it, getting out and getting, you know, on this big hunt, getting your pig and getting that meat at home is awesome. Well, the pig hunting is a great place to start. Yeah. You know, you get to see animals. You get an opportunity to maybe take your time. Sometimes you got to hurry, but you know, it's one of those good hunts to start a young person out or something. Relatively uh, inexpensive. Somebody, yeah. And it's, it, yeah, very it's reasonable. Like, yeah. It's not like Mexico. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a weekend. So, you know, we drive up, we, we, uh, I work by phone Friday. Yeah. <laughs> As we're driving up. Um, get a hunt in Friday afternoon, and honestly, I think I don't think I've ever had to hunt Saturday. No, well, I only had to do it that first time three years ago. Yeah, because that's when I thought it was so dead. But uh, but I, you know, most of us that first evening will we'll tag out, and then this time we had five guys. We had five guys, four tagged out the first night. Nice. The other guy had an opportunity. And it's more, just, it's more some, opportunities the next yeah, day. Yeah, more training than the others. It's it's that training, you know. <laughs> it's not easy. But a lot of things come into play with that. And, you know, Kevin, you were talking about this before we started the show, about learning field shooting. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you, I go to the range often, and I'm shooting from the bench, and I'm messing with this scope or that scope, and this load or that load. I just want to, it's performance on the gun is what I'm trying to test for that, but it's not real field craft shooting. Some of the conditions you run into require some, some ingenuity, right? Absolutely. You know, once you get your gun dialed in, this is my theory. You know, I, I I shoot a seven mag I've had for 30 years and I just can't let it go. You know, it's just one of these guns I make good shots with and I dial it in every year, shoot it a few times, make sure it's perfect. The only thing that's going to make a mistake is me. So what can I do to make a quality shot? You know, you know a lot of guys say, well, the scope's off. It's Once you dial your gun in, your gun is not going to move. If you do everything correctly, you know, they've been through. I've been to Africa. I've been to Canada. I've been to Mexico and well, cases. And I get out and they shoot perfectly fine. So. And, as, and as long as it's a quality scope. Yes. Good optics. Vortex and know. stuff like that will just stay true and you don't have to worry about it next time you got to shoot. Yeah. You know, but I've I've... I've done some crazy things and we talked about it, you know, like where you get in, where you get some time where you can anchor your, you know, the butt of the gun. We just discussed this was, is so important. People think they got to hold the gun out front and try to get steady. The You're secret, really going to be wobbly there. The secret's in the butt. Yeah. You get it back towards the butt of the gun 
If you can put your fist under there, make a fist, hold the butt of the gun solid if you don't have time. If you got a rock, you got a jacket, you got a pack. I use my binoculars. And if I got a little jacket or something, I can lay down the sand. I'm going to make a clean, long shot. And I've got the time. I'll put something soft down on the ground. I take my binoculars. I'll open them up. And I'll put the butt of the gun right between my lenses. And it is rock solid. One hand trigger pull. And I've shot animals out 700 yards. And, and this is with a stock gun. This isn't with one of the fancy custom long-range rifles. This is with a $260 Ruger 7mm with a three and a half to twenty or six and a half to twenty Leopold scope on it. So Yeah, optics matter. Yeah. But that's that's important. I mean, like one of the things you saw on this hunt, you know, I carried my backpack everywhere with me, just over this rise, over that rise. Look, I didn't need snacks, right? I didn't need a jacket, definitely at hundred and four no. degrees. I didn't even need water. But your backpack is a shooting tool. And I've learned this from these guys watching these PRS shooters. I mean, they are amazing. West End Gun Club has a great match. Matter of fact, it's tomorrow. They have a great match up there on Sundays, uh, third Sunday of the month. And you'll see these guys come up with these improvised positions on purpose. Like they'll have a barricade you have to shoot from. Well, none of the heights on that barricade are good for me. Mm. It's either I'm bending over too much or it's up too high. It's like all designed to mess with you or you shoot from a ladder or a tank barricade or or time from this one to that one and different yardages. Everything they do in there is designed to get you uncomfortable. And, you know, one of the things that they do is they actually have these bags or airbags or something they use for pillows to kind of prop up. Well, I'm not going to go hunting with a bunch of airbag pillows, but your backpack with your uh, hoodie in it or something like that serves that purpose and one of the things you can do you know either you just drop your backpack on the ground shoot prone off of it that's a great opportunity or use it as your rear bag or sometimes when we're up there in Paso Robles you've got really tall grass yeah right it could be a foot high well if you've got a six inch bipod and foot Mm -hmm. high grass Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're you you mentioned also turning your backpack around and holding in the front of your chest and then really anchoring in there with your rifle that i think that's a great idea because you can kind of flip it out in front of you put your gun on the and and again we're going to go back to the butt of the gun get it anchored if you got a bipod on your on your rifle the anchor in the butt of your gun is amazing and and loading on the bipod but yeah so sometimes i'll put the backpack just and i learned that from watching these guys i'm not a genius i'm just copying what these really good shooters do like phil vallejo and these guys and and getting that backpack underneath my right arm because i shoot with a proper arm um Kevin's left-handed. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, I'm right-handed. I shoot left. (laughs) I don't know what that means. He's, he's, I don't know. Whatever. He's by-handed. So we like to tease him about that. So you you put it underneath that arm, and you can anchor your elbow a lot. And and not only that, but the top of the bag, you can put the buttstock on. So it really shores that up. And if you're shooting with a bipod, like if you're in the tall grass, most hunting bipods are a foot tall at their lowest setting. You know, you extend them out, they're taller, but they're foot tall. Well, if you're trying to shoot with a one foot tall bipod, you're unstable. But again, the backpack goes underneath your chest, underneath that arm, takes your breathing and your whole chest movement out of it. And again, it's just like shooting with the lower one. Your body position changes and you have the gear in the field to make the shot. Sure. I love it. I love it. That's what I, that's what I figured out. And uh, when I have the time, that's and, make a good and shot. And if you're really getting into it, man, you need to learn to shoot offhand. 
It's a whole another ball game. Yeah, very difficult. Oh, that had to, I couldn't get in those bushes that fast enough, so I had to shoot offhand, and and it takes some practice to shoot offhand and not sway and and breathe and all that stuff. So that's another thing to practice. Well, I think that's what's so valuable of having these gun ranges and places you yep. can go. And if you you need to put in a little time and go out yeah. and practice the different positions, you know, like you said, offhand with the scope, and then being able to chamber around and then hit the target again, you know, fairly fast. You know, you don't want to be dangerous, nothing to be safe, but get after it. Yeah, practice. The, the, the pigs aren't given to you. You're going to have to work to do it. If you want a pig given to you, go to the store and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, still Any dangerous. animal. That's right. Finally, Land Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. <laughs> All right, I got a Tom and Kevin duet going on here. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. That's awesome. I like that song. I like that song. Appropriate. Very good. Except we don't have you on our mind. No, Tom, Tom, you can quit dancing now. Okay. Get off the table. We're thinking about hunting and shooting and not not Philip. No. I'm not thinking about me either. Hey, Stop um, looking at me on the table. (laughs) Take your money and go. Uh, hey, we're talking about, uh, you know, I love to hunt, and a lot of people who listen here I love to hunt. Others aren't hunters, but they still listen to the show, Second Amendment rights, voting, getting on top of that, pistol shooting. We probably don't talk about that enough, or bird hunting. But anyway, it there is a main component this last segment we're going to talk about, and that's practice, okay? Kevin Gross, he has a no-hitter. How many pitchers on average get no-hitters, right? One or two a year, maybe. One or two a year. So, very, very rare. And and I asked him off the air, I said, so when you pitched your first no-hitter, was that the first time you ever pitched a baseball game? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Way into my career. And and what led to that? Well, I mean, I think it starts, of course, when we were young. I was just playing baseball. But, you know, I everything that I do, whether it's, you know, I've been an artist, I've been a taxidermist, I do bass fishing, I work at it and i practice and i learn from everybody around me and you know especially like talking about baseball i mean it's repetitious it's just over and over and over the same stuff it can get really old but if you really look at the big picture of it it goes by fast and you just that's how you get better you know i mean you have to be super precise as a pitcher and we're trying to throw a perfect pitch with a perfect ball. It takes years of experience to learn how the ball moves how it tells how hard you're going to throw it make a curve cut 
throw slow speed, you know, so constant practice. And I'm, I know Tom is a shooter, and, and that's even a little more dangerous. So you really got to be careful and fast and practice and practice and practice. It, it, it's it's all about the practice. It's those <clears throat> fine motor skills that make you good at what you do. Gross motor skills, we know you pick up, just do what you do. But those fine motor skills are gonna are gonna make you elite or top of what or your game. And those fine motor skills are not something that just comes natural. It is something that has to be worked on and tuned regularly. It doesn't just stay at its prime. At, at once you've hit that prime, it doesn't stay there. You have to constantly keep keep tuning those prime uh, fine motor skills to become a accurate uh, in anything you do, any sport or any uh, hunting and stuff you do. You just got to stay at it. Practice, practice, practice. And I tell everybody that if you get the opportunity, take classes from multiple people. Absolutely. You will always learn something from somebody somewhere. But the value of a good coach is amazing. Oh, Absolutely. it is. 100%. And yeah. I was just going to say, you know, when Tom got in talking, that you have to learn from each and every person that helps you train or practice, whatever you're doing, a little bit of some. You're going to come up with your own niches that work for you. Mm-hmm. And that, so guess what? That person that's teaching you has his. So if you can learn a little more from him, it just makes, you know, it's called it's called the pyramid effect. You know, you have all, in baseball, we have thousands and millions of, of young kids, and, the, and it weeds them out, and you get, and the only way you're going to do that is to learn and practice and take a little bit of pieces from everybody and create, you know, a You great can athlete. even learn from a bad person. I mean, a bad coach or a bad instructor. Yeah, something good There's or stuff, bad. Yeah, good or bad. There's stuff to learn. That's true. My NRA uh, pistol certification instructor was the worst person I've ever had a class with. I mean, there's a several of them out there. So you learn Absolutely. what not to do. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it, you cannot look at it in a negative way. Take everything positive as you go into it. You know, the other thing I always try and say is, is be the bucket. Just, you're a bucket, right? Fill it up. And so what has he got? Has he got some good stuff? Just go in there without any predisposed, here's how I'm going to hold my gun. Here's what I'm going to do. Because this person told me to. Then, then why are you there? Yeah. So just just back off and say, okay, I'm taking a class from Tom. Tom, show me how to get it faster. What mm-hmm. do I need to do? And just do what they say. Don't argue with them. Don't fight them. Yeah, but what about this? Well, the the other theory of shooting is just shut up. Just yeah. go do push-ups. Leave us alone. <laughs> And once you get to a you know a certain level, then work on your weaknesses. You know, right. you know, like for me, you know, sometimes my control was bad, and or my my follow through is usually bad for people after a long period of time. Yeah, and then mm. you know that, and then I used to have to work on trying to get better control or my attitude. Sometimes I'd let the game get to my head, and you so were, then they got a mental no, part of the game. You were known for bean balls, weren't you? A few times here and there, but you know <laughs> they earned it. They deserved it. Most of the time, I'm an accident. <laughs> At least I can say that now. I like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's an ear hole on the helmet, not a target, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, well, we don't do that no more. In this. <laughs> the game has changed. They don't even pitch inside hardly anymore. So uh, guys are hitting 30, 40, 50 home runs, and pitchers can't pitch 200 innings, and it's it's turned into, and you know, the batters it's, you know what it is? Here. It's a computer game. You got analytics that are telling everybody how to play the game. Wow. And uh, – Coaches don't really get to do their job all the time, and there's some guys that are better than others. But uh, yeah, I would I, I would love to get back into coaching and just use my ability and experience to help some of these guys. You know, and that's what it should be with anybody in any sport. Once you've gotten to a level, you feel that you've progressed really hard. Pass it on to somebody. Mm-hmm. By all means, teach it. 
I mean, that's how these sports and the things we do are going to keep going the way they're going to go is us guys to keep pushing and bring people up. Sure. Yeah. You know, I help young kids all the time, and I, I have 12-year-old kids tell me, yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, my coach exactly. told me this, and this is the way I throw the ball, and this is the way I do that. I'm like, do yeah, well, you know, oh, stay stay open and uh, learn a little bit today. Take it home with you. Yeah, and your coach is in Cooperstown? That's just a little 12-year-old, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Is your you coach know. in Cooperstown? Oh. No, I just no, played in Cooperstown uh, about a month ago, at the end of May, um, well, two months ago now. I went to Cooperstown, the Dodgers. I represented the Dodgers and pitched in the uh, – Hall of Fame classic baseball game. It's for the fans, and uh, a lot of Hall of Famers came. I, really cool. I got to see a lot of my old buddies, and we actually played a, a full a full game. They got they played full throttle, and these were guys that had just some guys just retired, and some guys were like in their fifties and sixties. It was a blast. Got to test that new knee, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was fun. It was sliding but. in high cleats. Just like the old days, very fun. I love it. I still wish I could still play. But it, it comes down. It comes down again. What we're talking about is practice. Now you mentioned something, um, folks. You should hear our in, in the intermission sessions because they're sorry, but they're better than the rest of the show. <laughs> but you talked about you went to Texas and we're practicing for an Africa hunt. Yes, I actually went there to do a hunt show when I had my show, and a guy had a ranch there with. Uh, a bunch of targets and you walk down a path and the targets kind of come at you like we had a buffalo that charge and you try to get three rounds in that buffalo before he gets to you yeah with it with an over under yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> with a bolt action i've never done that in my life and i realized that how behind the game i was if i had to you know shoot a lion or a leopard or a buffalo or an elephant charging me and i, I took a few sessions to even get a couple good shots in the animal you know and but it was really a cool experience. If you ever run across an opportunity to do that where you have targets moving or charging and you you know, got to make quality shots, uh, I would say go and practice you know, some of these ranges and stuff. Uh, that's the first time I ever did it, and that was quite a few years ago. So at uh, the Corona Sportsman's Club, great little group. I know uh, Dale Fundak is one of my friends. He's a member there. They have a target called Running Deer first saturday oh there you go and it's about 120 yards out it's a deer target and it just goes right to left or left to right at different speeds you know everybody thinks hey this is no problem it's only 100 yards dude and it's it's not going deer speed either right and you're trying to get three four shots uh, on target and it's it's a fun competition and and that and the, the prs shooting they're fun competitions at this level right nobody is winning mortgage money um they might win a bottle of Martinelli's. Like we go up to Avenal and shoot the long range course, and the top prize is a Barton of Mart- Martinelli's. Oh, okay. right. That's okay. It, nobody, but you're there because you want to learn cross canyon 600 yard shooting mm-hmm. with a little bit of stress induced and, and have fun with your buddies. Mm-hmm. So all those things, whether it's the Avenal or or the the taking a class with Tom, because your your class is like Saturday mornings. Uh, well, our our group therapies on Sunday mornings. That's so, all the tactical you know, speed shooting and stuff like that or just practical shooting and then we have them during the week for regular shooting so you get a hold of you so if you have a beginner that wants to just come in and learn how to hold, handle a pistol and shoot all day long every, every day all day every day oh we have other instructors on site we have a counselor NRA counselor on site so if you want to get into shooting we can get you as an instructor as well but we have every level mm-hmm. but if you're a female we have female. We also have a wonderful group called the One Armed Woman. They meet the second Tuesday of every month there. Uh, my wife runs that one, and it's we're just a little under like two hundred members right now. Wow! And, nice. And uh, probably seventy to eighty show up every. Yeah, seventy to eighty show up, fill the entire range. 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what level they are. Well, my wife is actually, this is great. I met Tom today because my wife is driving me nuts for the last year or so, and I have not taken care of business in this part, but she wants to go and learn how to shoot a firearm. That's all my friends. I do not own a pistol. I've had a bad we experience. Fix that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I even want one, but I probably will. I probably need one. But, uh, yeah, she wants uh, She wants a pistol. She wants to learn. She wants to take a course, and you're the guy. Send all your nutty wives to mine. She's just as crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I want to thank my special guest, Tom Reese, Kevin Gross. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, six years. We're moving on to seven. Moving on to seven. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com, where the podcasts are listed on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. God bless you. Have a great day. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.